Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, episode number 81. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School podcast, where we have one mission, that is to help as many interested people around the world learn jazz piano by providing structured and organized jazz piano education. I am your host as always, Brendan Lowe, and thank you so much for joining me. So I just got back from Monterey, and uh, every year they have the Next Generation Festival, which is more for high schools and colleges, and I play with the uh, Sac State Vocal Jazz group for that festival, which is really fun. Uh, completely different experience than playing just, you know, instrumental jazz, right? You're playing with vocalists, so it's a whole different experience, and I really enjoy it. And uh, w- the residents, uh, clinicians, Gerald Clayton and John Clayton, his father, were there, and they did a clinic. And I just want to leave you, uh, start the podcast off with something that Gerald said that his dad has always told him. And basically what he said was, everything falls into two different types of categories when playing. Uh, during you know, most of your improvisation or just your playing in general. And that's going to be clarity and honesty, right? So everything falls into one of those two categories. So clarity is more of everything you've practiced, everything that's uh, you've practiced. So it's clear, right? So it's, you have a clear understanding of everything, your scales, all your theory, basically anything brain active, right? You know how to you know how to play this pattern or you know how to play the scale, you know how to get around and you play it that way, right? You're more of in a thinking mood, uh, mode, excuse me. And the other category is honesty, right? Where everything you play or even a couple notes that you play are com- are played with complete intention and honesty and that's truly what you wanted to express in your playing. So he was saying that he would, you know, he hears a lot of players play with clarity and he doesn't hear too many players play with honesty. And he said that's a really, really big part of jazz that people leave out and that everyone's trying to play the hippest or the coolest licks or patterns or, you know, out sounding chords or things like that. And, you know, his focus is always to play with as much honesty as possible. I thought that was very powerful. It's very um, inspirational and it hits home with me too as well, just because I, I can totally relate to him <clears throat> and, he, and he would much rather hear someone play two notes with honesty than someone play, you know, uh, just a burning solo, but with all clarity, but with no honesty, right? We kind of regurgitating lines and patterns and things you've just practiced in the practice room. You'd much rather hear true, true self-expression. And when you get into the really high upper tiers of jazz pianists that you can think of and recall everyone sounds like they're playing with true honesty right so you know he just mentioned some of the you know Keith Jarrett Brad Meldow um, some of these really great great players obviously you always feel like they're playing it's just complete self-expression right of their inner being and their inner soul so I thought that was very moving very very powerful and very important for uh, students to understand that you know, it's not about playing uh, lots and lots of notes. It's really about trying to express yourself as honestly as possible and, 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 you know, put yourself out through the music. So anyway, we are at podcast 81 and we're going to do, I'm going to be doing the second section of I Should Care right now. And I got a lot of great feedback on the first section of building a solo. 
and excuse me, again, you know, speaking of honesty, this is kind of going against the grain a little bit. I mean, I'm trying to create honest solos or uh, as I bre- as I play and break it down for you, I'm trying to do both, right? So I'm not trying to play, I'm not trying to overthink it. I'm really trying to kind of slow down what I feel inside as I'm doing this and then and then let you know what, what I'm kind of feeling or hearing, right? Um, what I want to say uh, in that moment. Again, this is completely spontaneous, so I haven't pre-written any of this. I'm just kind of going based off what I'm feeling right this second, right? So I'm going to go about doing the second section of I Should Care. So uh, in the chart, uh, it starts off with an F sharp minor 7 flat 5. Now this is kind of more of a, uh, a reharm. Uh, rather than doing the G minor, excuse me, the D minor 7 to G7 again, right? Instead of going this, right? We have the F minor 7 flat 5. So you can kind of do either, right? Uh, since I did the D minor 7 the first time, I'm going to do the F sharp minor 7 flat 5 for you now. So let's see what happens. <laughs> let me, I'm, I haven't really played much today, so let me kind of, uh, I'll get into the last four bars and see where I start to lead into. I don't really remember the tempo either. Let me see. I don't really remember what I played in the last episode either, right? This is how spontaneous it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of remember. So uh, what I just played there again. So I started on the seven. Okay, lots of arpeggios are happening in jazz, right? That that is all just chord tones, right? You hear a lot of arpeggios and you're like, what is that arpeggio? Most of the time it's just chord tones. So here I went seven, five, three, seven, right? Of the F sharp minor seven flat five chord. And my target note was the third of the B7 chord. Now, I did want to continue that line, but I stopped to explain that to you. So let's see what comes out here after that. I don't really like that. Uh, now, again, for your B7, after coming from a minor 7 flat 5, you have, a, you have multiple options. I mean, you can use your altered scale. You can use your half whole scale. Right? You can use uh, your, your full altered scale. Um, or you can kind of simply more play around more or less with the chord tones, um, you know, this kind of style with your flat nine in there. Let me see. What I like to do, a really nice sound too, is to, is to not really think about the B7 as much, but more think about your resolution into the minor chord that it's leading up to or whatever chord it's leading to. So what I just did there, I think I'll stick with... That's leading to the third as well. And again, what we're doing here is simply outlining. Once we get to this F sharp, right? This is simply the five of the B7 chord. But you can also think about it as the surrounding approach notes, right? Half step below, chord scale above, half step below, and then resolution to the third, resolution to the third. So another third. So I've played... Again, going for the thirds is not is never a bad uh, way to play through harmonies. Anytime you're hitting the thirds, you're going to be hitting the clear notes that are changing. The thirds are always leading into each other, right? Remember that. Uh, so, I mean, you have the third here, right? So, the notes that move, you know, the G moving to the A, 
or excuse me, the, the A on the F sharp minor seven flat five to the D sharp, right, for the B seven, G, G of the E minor seven to the C sharp of the A seven. So I like that. Um, let me see if I like that. So we kind of had a pattern there. I'm just, again, as I'm playing through this, guys, I'm just kind of thinking what I'm hearing in my head or what I'm kind of feeling. So we had a lot of space. I kind of want to end it with a line. Maybe something like that. like that it's more of a simple nice approach that's that's more the honest approach right not trying to bs too much so here we have the uh again this kind of little chromatic thing is nice right and uh, if you go back to the elegance and class podcast these little chromatic rolls are really nice they're really flavorful right you're adding a lot of flavor with these little types of right i could have gone i could have done this but that's that's just all eighth notes. When you add that little gap with the roll in it, listen to how the the difference in sound it sounds. Right, just a little bit more flavor. The double quarter note thing is fun because it's kind of like a nice ending, and and it really kind of lays into the swing as well. Uh, now here I, I'm starting my line with a half step below approach. Right and one and two and D tri triple it da, da. so and again here I'm going up to my flat nine and sharp nine. This is a very common jazz language move, right? You hear this line a lot. You hear that, right? So moving up into your flat nine and sharp nine is a very common way to add tension over the dominant chord and then release it into your major chord. But instead of that uh, common lick, I just simply played my half step approach. I add a little grace note here for a little flavor and then just doubled the E. And that, that kind of finished the phrase off, right? So as you can hear, I kind of I kind of tied up the phrase. We had some small motion in the beginning, some gaps, some space, and then I ended it with more of a continuous line that kind of said, okay, that's the end of my sentence, right? Listen again. Ah, sorry. Let me play it again. end of like period right end of your statement that's what you kind of want to go for now to our e minor seven flat five i'm starting a completely new phrase here i kind of like that again i just that was just spontaneous now let me see, i don't even remember what i did now uh i think i did that So what I'm doing here, I'm starting on the uh, starting on the natural two, okay? One of my extensions available for my flat five, and again, I'm I'm kind of playing solo piano-ish here. If you're if you're using the solo for 
you know, a band or if you're playing comping your voicings, right? You could use uh, just three, five, seven here. Uh, maybe you could add the sharp, the uh, nine, if you wanted to double the nine, natural nine you're using in your right hand, you could do that as well. And then I'm, so what I'm doing here, right? This is just an approach to the third half step below. Again, this is the natural nine though. You can think of it both ways. Three chord scale above three. So just playing around the third one and two and three and four and so I'm anticipating the C, which is the sharp nine. Okay. Um, this is a very common altered pattern. What I know, uh, I forgot what I played. So I, I think I did that. Yeah. And I'm doing a little th drop thumb drop motion. You could do this as well. Crossover. probably better technique so right swings a little bit better that way instead of dropping my thumb again sometimes it's so spontaneous my I'm just playing and I'm expressing myself my fingers you know if they gotta they gotta do what they gotta do you know to express myself <laughs> so um, so again here we're starting sharp nine flat 13 There's a triplet, right? So flat 13, uh, excuse me, flat nine, flat 13, three, sharp nine, flat nine, five, right? You hear this happen a lot. Uh, what's the other way that happens? Right? That's another way that you hear that kind of line. So three, excuse me, sharp nine, three, flat 13, seven, sharp nine, flat nine. So it can go either way. That's a really nice altered um, language, right? A uh, little sentence there that you can kind of uh, use over your altered chords or wherever you want to put an altered chord. You can go either way. There's a down and here's up. And it's always eighth note into the triplet, right? And two bullet, three and four and with that little anticipation at the end. Right, so this is we have this on the end of four. One, two, and three, and four, and one. Okay, so here's the line. I can't remember it again. Now I have I'm, I'm going to this D minor, so I'm on the five. Now again, this is the same progression from the uh, first A, where we take the D minor and then we go up to another two five. So I could again uh, kind of transition this and play the same thing over the two five now f minor seven to b flat seven right so i kind of did that before but again i changed the rhythm up right so you might want to add one little change maybe something like that i kind of like that uh like that so uh let me see if i can remember now i was actually very surprised i remembered the f the when i was looking back at the soul i was like oh my god i remembered all of that in the first podcast of part one but i think that was it
guys. I'm just trying to remember this here. Let me play it through one more time. I think those were all even. Okay, I like it. So now we that was kind of a question mark at the end right it wasn't a closed statement because the phrase didn't end and that's that's based on the harmonies right and, and you can kind of when you get used when you get better at feeling the harmonies in a tune you can really you know take advantage of the harmonic structure like the first four bars ended with that major chord it was a two five one it ended with a two five one so you can close your statement there now this two bars excuse me, the phrase isn't ended, right? We go from D minor to, to F minor to B flat, right? Then we go to A minor. So it's kind of more of a deceptive resolution there. We fall into this A minor. So we have... Uh, so it's kind of open here. And then we, I'm going to start a new phrase here, <clears throat> but I haven't resolved anything really. It's kind of just left open. Uh... Maybe I kind of lay back a little bit. So again, this these four bars of I should care are kind of tricky, right? You have the we have a simple, more of a simple A minor. Okay, so we just have A minor, two minor, two five, back to the A minor. So that's just pretty much all A minor. You can use A minor. Um, I chose to, I forget what I did, but I'm gonna create something new. That was kind of the same line that I used before from uh, uh, part one, right? Uh, I kind of like that. So I'm playing B, the nine to the five, or excuse me, 11, with an octave, right? We can add a little spice here, a little flavor with a, with a roll here, which, again, listen to the difference. I mean, it's really the attention to detail in your solos with these little, these little things add so much uh, difference in sound. I could go... Or I can go, right? What what's more pop, right? That's more of a pop when I have the 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 chromatic roll here, right? Instead of or so uh, basically, you know, that's what I like here. <clears throat> and then going to the B minor seven flat five. Uh, um, let me see. Again, it create, I'm trying to be honest with myself. I'm trying to create honest, honest expression. I like that, right? So that's that was more of a simple express express line. And and if you can hear, hopefully you can hear the little hang back. I'm not going right. Da, 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 be, da, da. You know, that's more of just a general statement, right? One, two, and three, and four, and. That would be more of a, like the bland statement. Instead, you want to focus on, uh, as you noticed, I hung back a little bit. And it added a little trill. So all these little small, small details are really going to spice up your your playing. And a lot of you may ask, like, why, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of soloing like this, but there's no flavor to it. Well, this is some of these things you can really add in and kind of spice up your playing. Right, da 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 dee da da, kind of making it almost a quarter note triplet there at the end. Again, with that little flavor, you can do a grace note here, or you can do a full roll. Right, so 
that just came out naturally. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that. Maybe you add a full D over F sharp. And again, this little chromatic, this little motion here, we have A minor, A minor seven kind of over G or A minor seven over G. All right, so just standard A minor to A minor seven over G to D over F sharp or seven. I kind of just like playing a, a regular triad there over the third. Right, so. You get out a full chord there. Let me see what I like best. I think I like that octave sound because it matches what we did in the beginning, right? So it's complementing our very first portion of the of the of the line, right? So we start out with octave. Uh, sorry. So it's kind of like you know, it's it's going back. Remember, I talked about motifs and going back to what you played originally. Uh, so I like that a lot. So let me see if I can put these um, twelve measures together. So there it is, uh, first 12 measures. Now we have an ending phrase, right? This is the very last line in our tune. So um, a lot of times I like going to more of a G sus sound here uh, to kind of reharm the the last line a little bit, especially after this, after the, the, the D over the F sharp. Going to a sus chord sounds really nice. It's more of a churchy kind of sound, right? You got the uh, D over the F sharp. Um, going to that sus sounds a really nice thing, right? You hear that? So that's why I, I, I personally usually do that a lot in this tune. However you want to voice it. That's if you're using, you know, if you're doing an arrangement. I'm, I'm improvising here, though. So my right hand, let me see. Uh... It's funny because I'm trying to I'm trying to build a solo, but at the same time, I'm trying to walk you through it. Uh, so I kind of like that. back into the top so what I'm doing here is again I'm just playing with the G sus right so uh, it, it, you can always think about sus I like to think a lot about sus as the seven triad you can think about because a hexatonic scale right you can use the one triad and the seven triad this is 
in jazz piano school, I talk about this, uh, the, the course. But again, thinking about the, uh, the seven here is your triad, right? You can always play around with that seven triad. You can also switch off, again, the hexatonic scale. McCoy loved to use is playing around with the triadic movements of your one and your seven triads, so your F triads. So you're basically playing F triad and G triad, right? Or down. And you don't have to go, you know, you can do any sort of movement. Sorry. Right, so, but again, over that sus chord. So I play a little sus, just a little bit. Um, one and two, three and four. And then I go into a blues note here, which is essentially the flat 13 over the G7. So a little hint, guys, to, to, to spice up your, your uh, two five ones pretty much instantaneously. A lot of people will use the standard, um, <clears throat> your standard rootless voicing. Right or your 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 any any natural extensions over your dominant chord are gonna sound pretty old timey, right? <laughs> kind of uh here, listen to this. Kind of more more along just neutral, right? When you add in these extensions like your flats, your flat nines, your flat thirteens, your blues notes, it's really gonna add flavor and spice to those dominant chords, especially in the two five ones and. Uh, give it give it some really nice heavy spice, right? Now this right here, <coughs> this is technically kind of hard, right? So we got a lot of sixteenth notes happening, a lot of trills, right? A lot of, a lot of sixteenth note trills here, so. Um, like that ending though wouldn't it be great if i could do this every solo just just nitpick it and just put it together <laughs> uh. i kind of like that Like that, we add some more rhythm in there. I'm trying to figure out my best fingering here. That's not the best, right? But going from here, four, four. Oops, sorry. So here's the line. Uh, Still trying to figure it out here. What, what's best? There we go. So three, two, one, two, three, five, four. Going back up, right? Ah. It's a little tricky. Thank you. 
So there it is. So let me see if I can put this together. Okay, I got to do this slowly here. Right, so again, we have the F minor 7 flat 5 arpeggio. Again, leading to the third and then just approaching our third of our E minor 7. <clears throat> a little pause, chromatic down to the third of the A7. Our finishing phrase here, or sentence. pretty good it's nice and again now I'm staying a lot up in this register right here because I'm trying to break things down for you but again I always recommend going outside this register when soloing right moving a lot of movement if you're more technically uh, uh, <clears throat> you know able to move up and down the the piano with with arpeggios and things like that definitely using your other registers I just I just realized I've been using a lot of this middle ground here but just want to point that out so here we go again one two three four So there it is. Let me try it one more time. One, two, a one, two, three, four. So that is the solo. Obviously, I forgot to mention you can go to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 81 to download the notation of this solo and you can see the video uh, on jazzpianoschool.com. Uh, I need to, uh, or you can click on the notes below um, to, to see the video as well. Uh, that will link back to the uh, page at jazzpianoschool.com. But again, if you're looking for the notation of the solo, jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 81. So I think I'm going to do another uh, series of this, maybe a two-part series on a different tune, maybe diff maybe a uh, different style, right? Maybe a slightly different style, different tempo. We'll see. <clears throat> maybe ballad, maybe uh, more of an up-tempo swing. I'll, I'll see. Maybe Latin. But hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, the analysis breakdown. <clears throat> Again, I, I really believe that uh, playing with honesty is really amazing. I'm, I'm glad he said that. And having patience, right? It takes a lot to have patience to allow your honesty to come through. You know, and Miles just leaving so much space, you know, almost every note he played, you know, no matter if it was a flub or he was playing with everything he got, he had, right? Coltrane, just these giants, right? And you can tell, I mean, that's, that's their true expression. That's why they sound so good. That's why they move us right? It's moving to see true expression, true honesty in any form of art around the world. I mean, that's, you know, it's just, <clears throat> it's so raw. So, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm losing my voice here. 
But again, hope you guys had fun. I'll do another series on this. Enjoy that. Work through. Do your own thing on the solo, taking some of my ideas and, and work through it exactly as I'm doing. You know, work out stuff like that. See, Play something. If you like it, uh, stick with it. If you don't, scratch it. Keep working on a section until you find something you like. And you're going to get used to movements that you like and you'll develop patterns. I mean, you're putting together the Legos, right? And this will develop your true expression through improv. So have fun with that. Enjoy. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Happy practicing.